So to my right in the studio here is Ava Himmel. Uh, what would you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> well, so briefly, because we know your story, but just for people listening, because you know you're our our uh, our our foreign uh, <laughs> correspondent, <laughs> foreign all the way from Canada. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, it depends on how well you know Canada. Is always how I say it. I'm, I'm from, from Buffalo, New York. Okay, well, I'm from Edmonton. I know exactly where you're from. Uh, <laughs> but go I, Oilers. Yeah, go Oilers. But then I moved to Toronto, and I lived in Toronto for eight years, and that's where I did most of my um, industry work, acting, and um, and then that's actually where I learned how to become a session runner. Um, and then now my family lives on Vancouver Island, so I just say Canada. But yeah, no, I, um, I started session running uh, almost 10 years ago now, uh, in Toronto. And then when I moved to LA about six and a half years ago, um, that was like the thing I knew how to do. So when I moved here to be an actor, I immediately just like printed off some resumes and started like hitting the studios and started. Who hired you first? Uh, Arlene at ASG. Oh, cool. Yeah. It was really, she just happened to be there that day too. And I think there was some novelty to having a female session runner. Um, so people were actually really good at giving me a shot, but, um, then I had to prove myself and I was actually good at it. So then they kept hiring me. But it was, I do say it was actually a benefit. I do remember you working there a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's definitely where I started. They trained me and then I moved on from there. But is there a, a difference between the scene in Toronto and the scene in LA for auditioning <sighs> and casting? A hundred percent. What's the, what's the, what are the primary differences? Um, we don't, and still to this day, because I go back and ask them, like we use LA Casting and Casting Frontier and we do it like on the computer here. They don't. They still record on the hard drive. And so you go in, you have to fill out your size sheet every time you audition. Um, they take a Polaroid of you. And then you go into the room and we have to match the numbers. The session runner has to match the numbers with the lobby assistant to make sure, you know, the, the title maker is on the right number. And then the you have to... The title maker. Yeah, I swear. Are they still using right like now. analog up there? Like three quarters? They're not using inches? the three quarter. No, they're not using three quarter, but they're using the DVD player. And so you're recording oh, the onto DVD the hard... I'm having PTSD. I know. Oh. And so you're, you're you're recording to the hard drive and then in a callback you're um, editing on the hard drive and then you're having to like rip it and burn discs and honestly I came here and then they were like well we're gonna have to train you and I went in for like a half day on LA casting and I was like I'm sorry this is what this is it I push this button I push this button finalize and it's done you mean I don't have to stay for another three hours after my session is done like I was like cool I'm good <laughs> let's go we got it. <laughs> so yeah it's, it's a totally different world here and I love it so so All that's right. me Oh, and I and I guess I from the conserv sorry from the storytellers conservatory. I guess I teach the commercial class. So mm -hmm. that's my side of it. Excellent. Um, well, I'm Charles Carpenter, and uh, I'm a Scorpio, so I'm a water sign. <laughs> I'm very active in the winter, not so active in the summer. And my goal is to be an LA Rams cheerleader. <laughs> oh, someday, someday, one day. Can I, you give us a cheer? Aspirations. <laughs> Go! Oh, this is this is radio. I can't see that. I was awesome just now. Did splits and everything. Yeah, his headstand was amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I'm the uh, the grand old man in the room. <laughs> I've been I've been very blessed to be working in the union since '94, and uh, back before they invented fire, and um, <laughs> running sessions since 2000. And it uh, it's funny because a lot of people have asked me over the years, like. Why didn't you start 
casting and you know, be your own casting director. And I just, I love the craft of acting and writing. Like casting is great and it facilitates a lot of stuff. And I have met some of the most amazing people in the world, the people in this room. I wouldn't be a part of the Storytellers Conservatory were it not for being able to meet Sean through, uh, through working casting and meeting you casting and, you know, putting you on tape. I think that's how we met the first time was just, just auditioning you, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I have friendships. So my cup runneth over because of it, but, um, I'm not a, I'm not a casting director. I, I do take pride in being a session director because I like, it's a different skill set. It's a different skill set. You get to actually get in and you know, breaking down the, the, I love breaking down the scene and seeing how to block it and tell the story because all an audition is, is an exchange of information. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the directors, writers, producers, they need certain, they need certain beats that need to be hit. You need to tell a certain amount and how is that information exchanged and how can we do it in, in the most efficient manner possible. And so, sometimes it's like a game of telephone. Yes. Like we're hearing the message like five people removed. Totally. <laughs> exactly. now, I have one quick item because it's been mentioned several times. For people who don't know, mm-hmm. what is the Storyteller Conservatory? Well, I think we can all pitch in and, and say this, at least for, for me, the way I, I joined was Sean approached me, strangely enough, at an audition that he was running for a McDonald's job. And I came into audition, which... Uh, was great, and um, he said, you know, I'm teaching classes, and I, uh, I'm i really looking for somebody to come in and start teaching uh, on-camera, you know, scene study and audition technique, and I said, I would love to, because I taught for many years with the man who's like a father to me. When my dad uh, was dying of Alzheimer's, this guy stepped in, and he became a dad to me, or his name's Ernie Lively, and just a, just a great man, great human being, and I, uh, I taught with him for a number of years, and then, you know, I stopped. And I didn't realize how much I missed teaching until Sean gave me the opportunity to come in with him under his banner and start teaching. And uh, the Sean's philosophy towards the craft mirrors my own. And uh, he's just taken s- such a long time to document it and really put form to the substance of what he does. And I realized, yeah, we teach in a very similar way. And we started teaching and working together. Now I've been teaching alongside of Sean for this is now two and a half years in and I absolutely love every moment of it and the class family that we've built has spread to now include John came on uh who who you'll meet in a minute ladies and gentlemen <laughs> uh as a as a as an educator and Ava and our other partner um Michael Bradley who is a, who is an amazing educator and so we have a school storytellers conservatory and we teach there's so much that we teach, and and I realized, wow, I actually, I actually know some shit. There's stuff that I, there's stuff that I know. I'm just, yeah. I'm not just BSing. Which is, which it's is a cool. weird threshold to cross over when you realize that you are in a position to add value to other people with what you've done. And it's weird, right? Like I don't know how you feel, but when I began teaching, I felt like, am I? Is this right? Is this okay? Like, to 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 pass along this information that that, I and have... is this. The, good to do you yeah. know is, am I, are they getting what I'm, I'm sending out I had to tell myself before I like started teaching too that that's kind of what I do every day like even the best actors who come in to audition for me I have to come up with something more that they can bring mm-hmm. just even if it's just a tweak even if it's something that's what we're 
we're trained to do that. We every day that we go in to run a session, we get better and better at that. So we oh, already yeah. have that skill. So it, it is to like bring that into teaching is I think it actually lends itself very well, session runner to teacher. But it's it's funny because when you go into run sessions, I tell people it's you're teaching an acting class every day for the six, eight hours, whatever it is. Especially if it's non union. But the, it's okay. <laughs> but then it's it's weird to actually then wear the mantle of being a teacher and say, this isn't for the purposes of casting. This is me taking the information that I've gleaned over the years and now yeah. moving it on. But you know, to raise the level of discourse in this industry is something that I really want to do. And I think Well, before we're doing I forget, that. and then we'll meet John, um, in our sessions, it's not really our place or appropriate to be really teaching no. people the craft, especially since I also personally feel like there's only so much I should try to help a performer in the room um, where then it gets to a point where when they're at the callback, they won't be able to reproduce what I helped them achieve in the yeah. first call. And it kind of is like fraudulent advertising that this performer can actually do the work um, because God forbid that person get hired and then they're on set and they can't give what I was able to pull out of them in the first call. So it's really not appropriate for me to really try to teach someone, but more kind of guide and mm -hmm. you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. But then in a teaching environment, we can actually dive in and develop the instrument and the mindset and things like that. So um, it's, it's, it's almost like in the room, I, I, I have to let people go not doing the best work that they can. I actually have like a little story about that because I was running a room years ago and the casting director was in the room with me and this guy came in for like a Best Buy commercial and he had two lines and he was so nervous and he kept fumbling them and the casting director was like, you know what, you're nervous, it's fine, go outside, practice a little bit more, come back in. Comes back in, still nervous, still fumbling, but we get two good enough takes out of him. He gets a callback, comes to the callback, fumbles again. He's on the table at the end and they're loving him and they're like, he was really, he was kind of nervous. He was kind of fumbling a bit, but that's probably just because it was a callback. He'll be fine on set. And I was in my head being like, nope, <laughs> I have not seen this guy do it once clean. And then I found out later he got to set and he could not get these two lines out and they ended up having to send him home. Wow. So I agree with that. It's like you can only do so much in the room because you don't want to. I always try and give people the best, you know, try and get them to the best place they can get to. But at the same time, you have to be fair with what level they're at and show that. Remind me to tell my best buy story in a second. Okay. Let's meet John. <laughs> he's patiently waiting in silence. Like he doesn't want to even be heard until he's been introduced. You don't know me yet, so why should I talk? <laughs> we will not speak. Um, yeah, that, that's funny because I, I, I was, this is John. Um, I was flashing to... Sometimes when I give like notes to an actor in the room and then all of a sudden I see their eyes glass over, I'm like, oh no, I've given them too many. <laughs> They're overloaded, their brain shut down. <laughs> so, uh, hello, my name is John Ruby. I am, uh, I'm originally from Wisconsin, uh, but I've been out here uh, in Los Angeles for over like almost 15 years now. And I got my start in casting. Uh, I really needed a job. I had an audition. I was at 200 South. I went to the the back where you're not supposed to go where the casting directors live. Um, and I introduced myself to Bob Brunson and Corey Greenhouse uh, and said, I need a job. And uh, as they tell it, I, I told a little white fib, which was I was interested in production and not an actor. Uh, as I tell it, I think I was honest with them. So, um, <laughs> well, you're then, telling it, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not here to dispute it. <laughs> um, so I started off answering phones 
and then taking Polaroids, helping with size cards. And then I remember um, I had only trained for maybe uh, an hour. Uh, and this is when you had the three-quarter inch tape, which is going way back to, yeah. to Charles remembering. I don't know if that was even around, Sean, when you got here. No, that was like, you hit the buttons like, ka 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 you're like, action! Uh, so I had trained for about an hour, and then um, uh, someone at 200 South had a call back, and they needed someone. The session director didn't show up. Oh, so wow. I was like, I can do it. So I got in there, and I was having problems with like the DVD player or something, uh, probably just didn't know how to use it. But I just remember like looking at all the machines and there was like clients behind me, the casting director. And I was just like sweating. And I'm yeah. like, I got to figure it out. You're good. Oh, God. <laughs> and then finally I got it working. And that was kind of the start. It's kind of a launching into it. Um, yeah. And one of the things I was just thinking about is um, just a little bit uh, of the 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 titles, in especially in commercial casting. So you have the casting director. And then usually in the office you have what's called an associate or an assistant. Mm -hmm. And then when I first started, I think this is, this is I don't know which, how you guys feel about it, but I remember there was um, someone who really made a big difference between a camera operator and a session director. And at the time I was like, well, I don't really. And now I, I, I think it's kind of interesting how we define ourselves or what we call ourselves. And I do think, you know, there's an interesting thing because we are directing in a certain sense. We are working with actors. And, and, and I think you know, this person who I was talking with, you know, they felt camera operator was a little more like a button pusher. And part of, I think, really respecting the audition process is knowing that, yes, decision makers are further on down the, the line, but people like ourselves or casting associates or assistants are so helpful in that process. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? We're, 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 the, we're like the conduit to them. We're the gatekeepers. The, we're the gatekeepers that like know exactly, you know, well, I read on the sheet, it said, you know, depressed. It's like, well, we got to update that now they want this person positive because that was too depressing. So take what's coming out of my mouth, not what you had preconceived exactly. and read on the storyboard because this is what's newest, right? So I just, and I was just thinking about that of just this idea of, um, well, early, you know, use, you, using us. Early on, you would hire, or casting directors would hire a camera operator mm -hmm. and pay that person to solely run the desks yes. and the equipment yep. and then they would hire a session director mm. to direct the actors and nary the twain would meet in mm. terms of what their job responsibilities were and over the years those jobs begin began to morph into one mm. so a lot of people will interchangeably use the term um i like i like session director because I feel like you are directing everything yeah. within the confines of the room. You have to handle the, the, the mechanics. You have to handle the software and all that. But you also have to be able to speak the language uh, to the actors or to people who aren't actors who come in and it, be it a real people job or you're putting athletes on tape or you're doing whatever you're doing and find a way to bridge that gap to be able to talk to them. So, yeah, it is interesting how – and some people still hold, oh, yeah, you're a camera operator. Well – in point of fact, that is one of the things that I do. Right. But you know, we are also the, the prop department. We, <laughs> we are, we are, we are, we are wardrobe. And now we're, we're becoming the lobby yeah. assistants half we, the time. Exactly. And, yeah. So and, some, and sometimes I feel that I'm like I'm now doing three people's jobs, mm. <laughs> and I can't focus on the the main one, which is the directing. That brings up a good point about how um, you know billing works on the casting director, the client side. 
because sometimes there's casting directors that will bill for things, but we don't see any of that money. Mm. You know, like yeah, we're we're doing all three jobs. They're billing the clients for all three jobs, but we're not seeing any of that money. You know, um, and that's that's a shame because it's a real blessing to them that they have capable help that can yeah. handle those responsibilities. <laughs> now, the term session director is really important for me um, because. You know, as you guys know, I have a book that I put out back in like 2013 called Commercial Acting in LA, A Session Director's Guide. I feel like I consulted on that. John Ruby here. You, you actually, <laughs> both, of you are in, both of you are in the thank you, special thanks section. So absolutely. Actually, you know, uh, yeah, and, and I there's a quote in the book that's, that, that is directly from one of the uh, pieces of feedback you gave me, the concept of like a commercial being like a mini movie or like mm, a short movie totally. or something like that, you know, 15 second film. Especially these days. Yeah. And so, um, but the fact that I called it a session director's guide back in mm. 2013, mm -hmm. that wasn't a mistake. That was like very intentional because I was, I was tired of our relationship to casting directors and to the performers being, oh, they're just the cam op. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, 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 you can't do this job without us. I'd like to see some of you casting directors actually get behind the camera on this software and see you do what we do. Oh, it'd be oh, a no, shit show. Yeah. I'd yeah. love to see it just for the comedic value of it. <laughs> right. It, it, I, would be, it would be hysterical. I had a casting director once who like pushed me out of the way to like run the camera. And then the she did like three, three groups and I'm just standing there like an idiot. And then the tech guy comes into the room and he's like, your last three groups were out of focus. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> right? not my fault. So it's like I really wanted the session director moniker to catch on and do whatever I could with putting that out there so that not just the actors and the acting community saw us as their partners in the room to help them, you know, book the job and to get, you know, the and to respect our place in that process. Because certainly we know how deferential they are to casting directors, but when they interact with us, we can sometimes be treated like the help, or at least that's how it felt to me sometimes mm -hmm. when I was just cam hopping where, like you just said, John, like they'll just completely ignore the stuff you're telling them in the room because, mm -hmm. well, you're not the casting director, or you're not the director or whatever it is. It's like, I'm actually an extension of both, mm -hmm. right? now um, I, I do find though that the the actors that are like the regulars don't like they know the value we bring because I have actors that I see on a regular come to me all the time they're like oh I'm so glad you're running this session or like at the callback they're coming to me to be like okay what do I do what are the what are the notes what are the notes like they know we're their best friend mm -hmm. in that room and and the casting director really their focus is on their client much more than the actual actor like we are there to support the actor we're there to get the best takes the best quality out of that actor um so like our job depends on it quite frankly so i find yeah. the good actors know that totally and it's the ones that haven't learned that yet that well and it's it's you know you can't necessarily fault the actors for not really knowing how the casting process works just mm -hmm. instinctually because there isn't a lot of education in a college or a high school environment that can prepare people for what our world is like when they step into it um but yeah the the there's only how many people do you think there are in the country that have our job less than a hundred I would say probably about 100. Probably. You know what I mean? In the country. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I spent a month in, in New York, and I was auditioning out there. I wasn't running sessions, but, you know, New York, I, I would guess, is the second largest market behind L.A., yeah. and they don't have facilities as big as here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they're, they're you know, a, a little bit same size or maybe smaller. So, you know, if we have the majority here, and then New York is a smaller market, so that number drops, and then, it, you know, Chicago drops, and then, a couple, you know, other places. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would say probably around 100. Right, yeah. so it's a very, I mean, 
I'm when I moved here, so you know, I haven't talked about my story on this series yet, but briefly as it relates to running session, um, I worked for a company in Minnesota before I moved out here um, that had a bunch of uh, you know high profile investors, and one of them was Joe Blake. And so when I moved out here, I was introduced to Joe, and Joe said, "Do you have an agent?" I said, "Nope." Or actually, I did. I said, "Yeah, I did." I was with O'Neill at the t at the time, um, so I said, "Yeah, I have an agent." He's like, "Do you want to run sessions?" I said, "What's that?" And then I spent two weeks with Nick and with Mike as they got me up to speed. And that's Nick Kahanek and Mike Adams were awesome. They were kind of my Mr. Miyagi's back then. Um, and I was running sessions full time two weeks later. And it was once you work with somebody like Joe who can, you know, be a tough personality to interact with sometimes. Uh, still won't hire me. People know, people know that you can handle a high stress <laughs> environment. And so I was and at that time, Joey and Andreas were still officing out of Ocean Park for when they started casting Frontier Submission Service and all that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's when they had me go out and start training other studios and session directors on how to use iSession and all that. And that's kind of how I got networked throughout Los Angeles. Within a couple of years, I was working for offices all over. I do want to say, though, like because I get asked a lot of like, ooh, that looks like fun. I want to be a session runner. And I have to say to people all the time, it is like acting it is like anything else it is a hustle like you're constantly trying to find your clients and like what we were talking about earlier of like it goes and ebbs and flows you can be working for a casting director like non-stop for a year then all of a sudden they get slow or you guys just kind of fall out of favor or you know something happens and then all of a sudden you have to go find those clients that you had before that aren't calling anymore and and then they start calling and you you know you're at this studio for a while and then you're at this studio and it's a grind like anything else and and I think, you know, when we talk about how many session runners are there, there's a, there's quite a few that do it like every once in a blue moon. Yeah. But yeah. I think there's like, there's a finite group of us. And I think we know who we are, who this is what we do. Like, yes, of course, we're actors or we're other things as well. But like, we make our money session running. We're, we're the ones that are like going through. Can you define what session runner is so people who are listening who might not know exactly what it is. See, oh, I thought you were having like an audio issue. <laughs> <laughs> if Ross is raising his hand, it's got to be a problem. <laughs> well, and I think like this is what we, we come into of like defining what we call ourselves. I say session runner and I usually use it industry when I'm talking to industry people because session runner is the combination of camera op and session director and then everyone knows what I mean session runner but when I'm talking to people outside the industry I usually use the term session director yeah. because it gets more authority and it does it, it speaks to something greater than just a camera op and when we're talking amongst each other we say who's running that session so we yeah. say you know session running but our title is that of a session director and a camera operator yeah but it's hard to say both and then camera session director um, a lot of times will then they think oh you're not running the camera and especially for me as a woman I always get I get worried about that like I don't want people to think I can't do the technical side like mm -hmm. I can I'm only there to direct the session so then I usually end up using the term session runner to mm -hmm. just I was gonna say it. when you ask about people like working in casting and and usually yeah it is somewhere you have to know someone you know that that's almost always how it you know it helps to, to, to get that in I do think I, I always advise people especially newer actors if you you know have a job that you know you work at night or whatever it's always great to like intern or work somewhere mm -hmm. um whether it's casting whether it's like an agency a management company because you're going to learn so much especially early on right you're going to make 100%. contacts you're going to learn so much especially when you're first starting 
because also time flies by. It goes by so quickly. So before you know it, those assistants you met your first year out, you look back and you're like, well, it's five years later and now they're producing stuff or they're mm -hmm. casting directors. So I always think it's really good when people, you know, even though, right, what we do, it, it, it is work, it is a hustle, it's a grind, but I always say it's great, especially early on, just to get to taste, a taste for it or flavor for it and then say, okay, this is not a world I really want to live in or this is, mm -hmm. but you're definitely going to learn something from it versus I'm just going to kind of stay in this lane the whole time, yeah. you know? I think there's also something, uh, what I've noticed anyway, is if you're willing to come in and work for free, which sounds terrible, but but like really be there, like not necessarily that you're working, but you're really engaged in being there and you're really going to give some benefit, people don't tend to take advantage of that for too long. If they really see that you are bringing something, they're willing to pay you. They're willing to like move you into some sort of position, whether it pays a lot or a little, you know, I don't know, that depends on the person. But I, I do find that um, like when I came and I went to ASG first and they had to train me and I was like, that's fine, I'll come in, I'll work some, for some days for free. And it didn't take long for them to be like, great, you know what you're doing, mm -hmm. we'll pay you now. Um, and I think I 100% agree with you. you. You need to be willing to come in and be like, I don't know anything about this, but I'm willing to learn and then really bring yourself to it. Yeah, because just... they can't trust you with the day of casting until mm -mm. you can be seamless. You know, you could swap out for somebody else and it won't affect the session at yeah. all. So you kind of have to, you know, contribute your time as a volunteer until you're fully up to speed. And that's another thing. I mean, I get asked a lot to like train people. And when I was first starting out, I would be like, yeah, come on in, you know. And you, I would allow people to learn on my time, and that back that bit me in the butt a couple times, mm -hmm. right? Because also, you're working for someone else, and they're kind of looking over your shoulder. And I think a lot of casting directors be really good at what they do. Have to be kind of uh, anal or micro in certain ways. And so then, if you, if I'm, if I'm sticking my neck out for someone, and they're not really ready then it reflects on me, mm -hmm. right? So I, I'm still always willing to try to help people and do things like that, but I think you know what you guys are saying is, is right. It's like you gotta be ready, you gotta be at a professional level, otherwise um, it's hard for uh, us to offer that. It's almost like a favor in a certain sense. I know? probably mm -hmm. trained 13 or 14 people and only one of them actually did everything that I told them that they needed to do, and that's Jolene Kay, who, and she put in something like five to six months of not every day, but coming on a regular basis to acquaint herself and building relationships. I think first we were working a lot with John Beauregard and cast partner at the time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and then she would be able to start taking things over seamlessly and, and then uh, started working on her own and all that. And now she's running sessions all the time. And she started building a relationship with like house casting where I never had a relationship with them, but she just walked in and was able to start working with those guys and stuff. But she did everything right. You know, she put the time in, she put herself out there. She, you know, um, yeah, but it, it was a lot of invested time, but also because we had become friends. And so it was easier to kind of like spend time together. Well, that's another thing I just was thinking. Um... You know, there's there's that, I don't know if it's an adage, but it's like, be nice to everyone. Well, why does that make sense? Well, here's why, I, well, here's why it help can help you. Um, I was just thinking about, like, you mentioned the, the, the guy you guys were helping out in that callback or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it, it also can help out a lot of times, like, as session directors in a callback, if we get a good relationship with the director or whatever, they'll turn to us when someone leaves and be like, what do you think? Mm -hmm. 100%. And... We're not making the decision, but if they ask us our opinion, I'll be like, hey, I really liked him or her, mm -hmm. or 
you know, I they're okay. You know, I mean, I'll be kind of honest. Mm -hmm. um, and if I, if I, if, if you've been friendly to me, if I like you, if you haven't been a jerk to me, why would I not help you out? Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's where like the being nice, it's like, if you like someone, if they're talented, if they're doing good work, why would I not try to help that person out either to get into casting or get a job? Well, so good. I want to back up then yeah. and I want to do something that I don't think we've done very much whenever we do talks at, you know, at uh, the union or we did that talk at the road theater company mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, but our, our job, our day, like let's walk people through a typical day, right? So we get the call from a casting director, usually a text or something, just being like, yep. hey, you know, are you available to, you know, for this, for you know, these three days or these two days or something like that uh, to, to run session? Sure, or whatever, right? Okay, you're put on hold and then they'll confirm as the job awards or whatever it is. And so sometimes you're like, oh, sorry, the job went away and then we got nothing for you. So your they job don't can, usually text right? you to tell you that. They just don't, they just, you never <laughs> like, hear from work them again. Today? Oh, no, sorry, the job went away. <laughs> you know, but otherwise, like, okay, you're booked and then that means, okay, you can count on it. So great. You're, you're, and sometimes it could, it's the night before you're, you're, yeah. you know, they've got a session that came in. So then get up, get to the studio around 9, 9 30, depends on the studio. Half some, hour before before the session starts. Yeah, and that's most frequent, right? Like yeah. sometimes I remember some people would try to get you there an hour ahead of time and then I found that I had just too much time in the morning, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll say like the, the typical thing is 9.30 for a 10. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you get there 9.30 to set up. Personally, I like to, I like to get there an hour before because I wanna get everything done, I wanna do my sound check, I wanna do my video check, I wanna make sure everything's set and then all the little foibles and mistakes and rewrites that are sure to come that I've seen. Oh yeah, they rewrote the script. Of course they did. Mm -hmm. Now I have that time to, to prepare and go in and be like, okay, good. Every, all the technical stuff is taken care of. Mm -hmm. Some studios just don't open. The, like the, yeah. like the, the studio manager is coming in at 9.32 and like, mm -hmm. all right, well, I, I'm here. Let's, let's get going. So yeah, 9.30 for a We won't name yeah. any names on No, we won't, but we could. Facility. <laughs> um, so, you know, yeah, you get there. And what a lot of the actors who come in for us don't realize is that we're getting up to speed in that half hour before yeah. the day begins on that job, unless we're in day two or three or something like that of a campaign. But even on a campaign, we're probably doing a new spot or something like that or new roles. So it's, it's, you get there and you got a half hour to fire up the room, get everything warmed up, test out the sound, make sure everything's pull out the set props. up, pull out the props, set up the props, debate the props, you know, whatever <laughs> it is, you know, what I want to use. Um, and then you're reading through the director's treatment sometimes, you're looking over the spot, making copies, you Having have to write up a board. If you don't have a lobby assistant, you got to write up the board, which you guys know is the cue cards with all the uh, the dialogue on it, trying to make it legible, which is really hard for me to do that, trying not to write too big at the top so I'm writing super small by the time I get to the bottom. I don't want to go on to two pages. Help me, God, do not go on to two pages. <laughs> Which is actually a problem because if the, if you do have to go to two pages, well, then everyone's looking so far down for their words that it throws off the eye line. So it's do you like, see people? Do you see how hard we work for you? <laughs> this is all the first half hour. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <you know? laughs> That's right. God forbid you didn't go to the restroom before you got to the studio that morning because there's 10 minutes you couldn't afford to miss in the morning. The actors are arriving there, you know, generally around 10 o'clock. You have to start, people start. Well, and we have that conversation with the casting director, too, to find out, like, what, because, yes, there's the treatment, but they also got to have a phone call with mm -hmm. the production and, like, find out more information. So sometimes there's that, or sometimes the casting director already has an idea of how they want the audition to go. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't, and they just want to hear what you're going to do with it, but they like to have that 
initial conversation. Yeah, and that's a casting director by casting director basis type of thing. Some yeah. casting directors will say, you just do it. You know what you're doing. Like, let me mm -hmm. know if you need anything. Other casting directors will be really heavily involved yes. in crafting every moment of this thing. Very, and, and sometimes that's great because you know that they really care. Sometimes it's just micromanaging and it's mm -hmm. like, let me do my job. I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but, you know, there are some casting directors that I'm sure we won't name any names just out of love for everybody, but there's some casting directors that are exasperating to work with. You know, there's others that are a dream to work with. Mm -hmm. um, there are some that work really, really hard. There's some that, some that kind of phone it in and can get away with just kind of ca casting from a distance because yeah. they can just let their team, they hire good people. I was going to say. And the team takes care of everything to make them look good, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so you have the conversation with the casting director. Then you've got your first group of the day. And group, we'll call them a group, whether it's one person or it's a bunch of people, right? We have When we upload these auditions after you leave the room, they're called groups on the casting services on, online. So um, so you have your first group, um, whether you have a lobby assistant who's, you know, prepping people and putting them in groups or whatever, or whether you need to go out there and run the lobby, which we'll talk about lobby, running lobby and give actors some advice on how they can make our job a little bit easier because that really slows our day down if we've got groups like mm -hmm. of multiple actors and we have to run the day and it's packed tight. That's like when we don't get lunches. I have a quick question about groups. Mm. Are, are they grouped in any particular order? People you've seen before, or new talent, or or is there is there no order to how people are grouped? I don't think there's... In terms of grouped or scheduled? Scheduled. Yeah. Scheduling is the casting director's job. They schedule however they want to schedule. But yeah. the groups has to do with what we're doing that day. So if it's like a husband and wife coming in, then it's... I need a guy and I need a girl. Mm -hmm. And it's usually whoever shows yeah. first. Yeah, we generally do like three-hour blocks, right? So may say in the morning, which is what we'll call from like 10 to 1, which is when we generally break for lunch, like that's when you're going to see, say, the husband and the wife. Yeah. So we'll see, we're seeing husbands and wives until 1. Then we change over the set and everything so that in the afternoon, then we're seeing like the, the kids, right? Yeah. Like the... The daughter and the son or something and then the next day we'll do like the jugglers that they pass on you know the boardwalk and then in the afternoon we'll do like skateboarders and we'll go shoot in the in the outside so we can have them prove that they can skateboard or something like that so that's how we kind of clump them together rarely is it that with like a husband and wife thing we might say okay we called you in with this particular person for a reason because you guys really look like a good couple for this so you know where we're tend to be flexible with where people come, whether they're like 10 minutes late or whatever it is to their audition time, or sometimes ask for the entire time frame. Like, can I come anytime between 10 and one? So sometimes we offer that. Although that really sucks sometimes because then people come and bunch up right at one and you're trying to get yeah. to lunch. And There's all always like that flip flop of too many women or too many men. Yeah, and some casting directors will be very draconian and rigid in the way they enforce yes. that, that time. And they'll say, nope, we're here to here and that's it. And others, you have a little bit of leniency and leeway and how you can then administer well who's coming in with what and even as you're breaking down like i don't know about you guys but well, i'm pretty sure because we've, we've all talked about it but you set the scene the way it's supposed to work in a perfect world you've got the mom the dad and then the lawyer who comes in and says his one line but we have to as well as that we have to block the scene out for every contingency meaning we don't have a lawyer we don't have a mom we have two dads what are we going to do? So then it's like, okay, how can I shoot this effectively? Like I have a lawyer and a mom, but no dad. Okay, well now I'm going to have to block it like this mm -hmm. to get this in, yeah. to get these shots in. Whereas some casting directors will just say, if you don't have the full group, no. 
It doesn't work. And that's when we're grabbing the lobby assistant or like another yeah. session during like, hey, can you come in and yeah. you can do, do this real yeah. quick? I need a dad. I need a... But I, I do think too, like what sometimes actors, you know, they'll read the script or whatever and they're like, oh, this is what it's going to be. And then they come in the room and they're very surprised because we end up doing something different than what's in the script or... Um, or it's just it's it's a section of it. We're not doing the whole thing, and and that has to do a lot with like what the casting director, what the director specifically needs to see. And we can't shoot the commercial. We have one room. We have limited props. We got three lights and one camera. And so we really have to figure out how to like create the beginning, middle, and an end in that amount of time. And so sometimes that means we clump things together or we add on to a scene that isn't in the script or like, you know, we create these other moments so that we can get the, the information. The information, yeah. And and I know that so, sometimes with like newer actors and stuff, that can kind of throw them because they're just like, but this is what the script says. Like, this is what I was going to mm -hmm. do. And I do think that's like a great skill. It's like as an actor, you need to be able to just like, go with it because and people get so scared like with scripts and and whatever and and you know it's like I have to get all the lines right or I have to get this right and I have to get that right and it's like how many times are you on set and things just get thrown out the window or they get come up with this brilliant idea in video village and you're just having to roll with it so it's mm -hmm. like you got to show that you can do that already in the audition and you go into that room and you might have a pre preconceived idea of what you're going to do in that room, but you have to be able to throw that out. Mm -hmm. So so for people who don't know, Video Village is? Uh, video Village is when you're on set and the um, the producers, the, the ad agency people and the clients and all those people sit in one little area with their monitors and that's called Video Village. And, mm -hmm. and the director will go back there to like check with them if they're happy with what he's doing and go back and forth. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times the ad agency is there. They're finally seeing their baby come to life and then they're kind of in some senses, I guess, maybe proving their worth or whatever, but they're getting new ideas. And so sometimes they're throwing new stuff out. So how would you guys describe, before we continue on with like our first group of the day, um, people come into a commercial audition and it's like cameras and lights and like mics and props and all this stuff. And then they go on a theatrical audition to like a little trailer on a lot somewhere with like a 1995 camcorder and mm -hmm. like nothing in the room. Right. So why all this additional lighting and computers and all that stuff for commercial auditions? Well, ultimately it's because of the way the, uh, the machine is set up because it isn't, it isn't, funded from a studio where you have the casting director and they just have to respond to the studio heads this goes through a number of channels you have the you have the production company you have the client itself who hires the production company and the ad agency who comes in to put in their two cents to the client as to how this is going to be shaped out so everything goes through so many different hands it isn't just a writer's room that clears this and now the producers get to hand this out Everything is everything is worked out to the umpteenth degree so that when they come in plus let's understand something you guys Creatives are not all that fucking creative. Mm -mm. I'm sorry. You have to be able to explain to them in the simplest of terms what this is so in order to do that in commercial casting we utilize better equipment so that it is a better produced product because it isn't just Okay, yeah, well, it's 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 Debbie in, in in trailer number two, and yeah, we know what it is, and here's this, and we're just trying to match this. They are going to show this professional product to their clients in New York or in Germany or wherever it is, and so the the caliber of production has to be up leveled, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and the props are there in order to make sure oops, I shouldn't have done that. Okay. I said I touched my shirt. I didn't, and it, it scratched me. And I, I, I was, I was, I got scared. Just go back to where you were. Okay. So uh, even if you have, like, you have to show the clients a quality product, and these clients could be in New York, and they can be in Germany or wherever they are, and they are expecting a certain level of professionalism yeah. and production value. And they're not in the industry. And they're not in. They're not in the industry. They don't know so this world. Having a table full of products. Or, or props to see, okay, well, this is the burger, and look at this, and here is the steering wheel, so we see that it's a car, so, you know, so that we can, create the, we can create the facade of the world as completely as possible for people who are not uh, in the industry and are not part of the storytelling process per se, outside of the fact that they have this product that they need to sell. And I think, it's, I 100% agree with everything you just said, and I think to sort of add to that as well, it's a... 15 second, 30 second like product when you are doing a theatrical, you have so much more time to develop a character to like to show things, things will be added. But we see sometimes in the callbacks when ad agencies and production companies are having those conversations and they're discussing the shade of blue that the bowl on the counter is going to be and does it like match the the logo and you know mm -hmm. or the the colors of the of the the brand and and whatever things are so specific that we have to be able to show that kind of specificity um, in the audition as well. So it's like we only get this like finite amount of time. So we need to be able to show this person and their their essence and their their ability and all that kind of stuff so very specifically that we have to bring all those other things in to, to make the world. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's this. Our your when you come in for a commercial audition, your audition tape is a professionally produced product that's going to be presented in a client presentation in some ad agency or something like that. So people have to be able to hear, see, not have to use their imagination so much. Compare apples to apples. It's a completely different internal process than on the theatrical side. Okay, and, uh, but one thing I have to say for every actor listening, when you come into a commercial audition, you guys, please. Treat it professionally. Mm. Treat it like this is this is a job on par with your role on This Is Us or your role in the next Avengers movie, because you're going to get paid and compensated well for your time. Uh, better sometimes. Yeah, better because you're coming into SAG work, Go Union. Um, but you have to understand that because I can't tell you how many times people come in to me in a rush and they're like. Hey man, listen, I gotta be in Santa Monica in 30 minutes. Do you think I could get if you have to be somewhere in 30 minutes, I suggest you go there. Okay. I really do because now you're coming in and going to give me this half-hearted performance just because you feel like you owe it to us to show up and just kind of do this so that you can just try to hit your auditions along the way. I guarantee you, if you got an audition for a feature film or for a Hulu gig or for any any major network show. You would take the time to do it, you would get there early, and you would sit your happy ass in that lobby until they called you in. Mm -hmm. But you show up to us and you expect us to hear this song and dance. Because it's in, just a commercial. Because it's just a commercial. Yeah. But, but the funny thing is, in entertainment, you never know where those opportunities are going to come from. Mm -hmm. and, and I can tell you, you know, as the grandfather in the room who's been doing it since 86, mm -hmm. It is never the place where you think it's going to come from, at least in my experience. It's never that studio head or your friend who's a director or so-and-so. It, 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 it seems to come from, you know, 
you know, well, and it circumnavigates something. It does. Yeah, and also, like, to that point, when you come in and you're just, like, half-assing the audition or you're half-assing even the slate, I feel like why I give out the same amount of energy mm -hmm. that I expect the audition to have. So if it's, like, a high-energy, jumping-around kind of audition, I'm bringing that to every single group that comes in. So by the end of the day, I'm fucking exhausted. So if you're coming in and not giving me that, then I'm like, why should I be giving you that? Like, <laughs> I, can if... you, I can tell you this. You know, I did a few things with the Foo Fighters, and I can tell you that when they play soundcheck, or they play a small venue for friends, or they play a stadium, you get the exact yeah. same performance. They are on every time. Mm -hmm. It's like Gwen Stefani's makeup. It is never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she is a goddess. I'm telling you, and she's she's she battle makeup is always on. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I anyway. love that. Well, that I mean, how many times have you all said, you know, to uh, a group when you're doing like a group explanation? And we'll talk about group explanations in a second. Is if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> you know, you just watched me do it. Can I ask a quick question about when the actors come in? How much time do you typically spend with each actor or each group of talent when they're in? Depends on what their what what our schedule is. Some groups are scheduled so you've got one every ten minutes. You've got one every five. Sometimes you got one every seven. It really depends upon what it is that they're trying to do. For me, uh, the first barometer is: Are you prepared? Are you are you ready? How much time do I have to spend with you? Like Sean was saying, how much teaching am I actually going to have to do here, or can we have this conversation at a higher level? so I can really get in and get specific with you. If I feel like I can work with somebody, I will give them all of that seven minutes if I can. And if I see that I just can't, or you're not in it, or you gotta go, then I make that decision right away. I'm like, I can't, I don't have the time to babysit you through this because Screen Actors Guild mandates, if it's a SAG job, okay, we have an hour to get that person in and out or else the production gets dinged for that, and nobody nobody is happy with that when that happens. So all of us have been doing this for a long time. We have that internal clock hardwired, so we're already thinking, okay, we gotta get this up and we gotta get this going. So we will give you as much time as we possibly can, but if you come in prepared, you will merit more of our attention. And I think too, I think all of us have been doing this long enough that we can tell after the first take what level you're at. And that doesn't mean you won't still book it, you know, like there's lots of variables to, to booking a job, but I can tell where your level is and I can tell how far I can push you. And especially after the second take, once I've given you a redirect, I know where you're going to end up. And so I already know that it's going to take me at least 10 more takes to get you to where that last person came in and did in the mm -hmm. second take. So there's no point. I'm going to get you a copy of their audition. They never ask for a copy. Sometimes they ask to see it. And I'm all, oh, sorry, I already pressed the button. It's gone. <laughs> but I do, but I, um, there was something I was going to sort of, um, oh, shoot, I think it's gone now. I was something I was going to say. Well, I, so, I sometimes, you know, want somebody to see what they've done, you know, as long as I have time, like if I'm not stressed. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, because, you know, I, I, I really love and enjoy every opportunity when somebody comes in the room. Every group, I'm excited to see what they bring to it. And if they did something really great or I saw that it's it's work that they should be really proud of that they did, I'm like, come on over here. You want to see it? And they're like, sometimes like, oh, no, I don't like to see my... Or like, yeah, they, I've never been given an opportunity to see it. I'm like, well, great. Come on over here. We play it back. And like, see how great that was? And they leave just beaming because they don't ordinarily get a chance to see their work. So much of auditioning is just doing what you do in the room and then just letting it go because you're never going to get 
feedback or know how it was received. And even when somebody in the room says, great job, you think, well, they say that to everybody. But when you can bring someone over, see that great expression you just gave or see that wonderful moment, they just, it really means a lot to some of those people. But if we're really busy, like nobody listening to this should expect it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, <I> <laughs> right? But the, actually, I think I remember what I was going to say to to what you were saying of like, you need to come in and you need to like be on point and you need to, you know, be prepared. But I always worry sometimes with especially new actors is to also just come in to play, be ready to play. Because I do see sometimes, and I know we're going to talk about group directions in a second, but where I will see like, I'll be giving group direction and like some of the people are just like glazed eyes, like, yeah, yeah, just get on with it. I'm bored. I don't want to do this. And then others are like, not listening to me because they're so focused on like, I have to listen to every word she's saying. Oh my God, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And they're like, they're too tense. And like, sometimes they just need to like, relax. Okay. And know that you're gonna come in and play. Group number one. Oh, group number one. <laughs> because ultimately, we sometimes are using the first couple of groups to kind of iron things out in the morning. They're the guinea pigs. <laughs> exactly, so anybody listening to this, you're our guinea pigs, first group or two in the morning. Don't be surprised if we put you through a bunch of stuff and say, hold on, don't leave. I have to have the casting director look at what we just did and make sure that they're okay with it before I release you. Sometimes, you know, you do release them and the casting director or the note comes in like a half hour into the session, we're changing things. It's like, oh God, those first few people are kind of like are not going to be able to be seen in the same light as everybody else who came in. But please, everybody, don't misconstrue that to mean if you get a 10 o'clock call time, you should show up at 12. Just, just, just come. Sometimes the guinea pigs are the best ones of the day, yeah. honestly, and they book it. I didn't say happen. it was right or wrong or good or bad. I'm just saying, I don't want people to think, oh, well, if I'm the guinea pig, I gotta, I'll just show up later automatically. And then well, one thing I think we could start. say is that if you are in the first group, uh, maybe first couple of groups, maybe stick around for five or ten minutes after, you know, after you've gone just to make sure everything's cool. Because sometimes the casting directors has multiple jobs going on and they couldn't take the moment to watch what we just did and then they get back like oh I actually want to do this and so oh, they're already gone so the first group is like you know could be we bring you back in and try something else or something but just yeah the first group of the day just just be ready to to, to work through it with us because we're also trying things out and refining things uh, I mean by the time okay so let's talk about group explanations right so those of you who commercially audition know you come in and oftentimes if we can save the time by giving the explanation to many people at once instead of doing it on an individual basis, we'll, we'll do that. Mm -hmm. And our group explanation by the end of the day is so honed and tight because we've learned how to anticipate or we've seen a full day of where people are not doing things the way they need to be done or to use better language or to be more you know, clearly demonstrative or whatever it is. Uh, but uh, the group explanation, what are some, some tips and experience with the group explanation? We bring you all into the room and... Does anyone else find that your group explanations by the end of the day are so long <laughs> compared to how they started at the beginning? Because I've just added so much to it. For example, morning group explanation. All right, everybody, you're just going to sit here, hands on the wheel, and then when I, you see me raise my hand, just smile and then look out the window. End of the day. Okay, guys, it's not that hard. You stand, you sit here. Nobody sure. drives like this. Why are you doing this with your hands? You do not oh keep cranking the wheel. The two Don't things, adjust your rear view mirror. We get it. The two things that people mirror. do worse than anything else in, in, in castings, people don't know how to eat, and people don't know how to drive. Yeah. If people drove and eat the way, the way in real life, the way they came in and thought that it was done, 
we would have a bunch of accidents over the road and nobody would want to see each other in restaurants because it's, <laughs> you don't, you don't, mm, oh, this is wonderful. No, you don't what? smile like that. Oh, you, don't. you just came up with something I don't want to let go. The nodding. 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 Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? That you can't just see something. You have to nod, nod and acknowledge that, yeah. The people in real life do not nod like That's this. what it comes down to, quite frankly, is be a real person. So my favorite my favorite example of that is I, I was running a casting where someone was running, like, with a laptop. And then they had to, like, you know, check their watch and they're, they're like, behind, so they got to run faster. So this guy's running and he's wearing a real watch. And I go, check your watch. And he looks at the other wrist. Oh my god! And then starts running faster. And I'm like, "Cut! Are you aware you're wearing a real watch? Yes. Why don't you check that as opposed to the wrist?" Without, I, mean, I mean, it's a choice. Yeah, we could, it, we could try it, is, it. But but I'm thinking he forgot, you know, yeah. the life of it. Yeah, the life, right? I mean, he's wearing a real watch. So totally. to me, that's a perfect example. You know, just yeah. like, I, well, it's right there. It's yeah. right there. I honestly, I love group directions, and I, I. I think because it's like the one time of the day we get to perform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's like I have a group in front of me. You must it is stand up. I try and make jokes. And that's why I don't like having other people like in my room, like casting directors and stuff, because I use the same jokes all day long <laughs> and people laugh at them. But I'm like, I know that I've honed them over the day. But yeah, like I love it because I get to I get to make people laugh. And I, I tend to I don't want my casting directors to know this, but I tend to make fun of things and try and make Probably light of it. Probably shouldn't say that on a podcast then. Probably shouldn't say it on a podcast. Good thing there's no one here to hear me. Um, but I like, I'll make fun of the product. I'll make, you know, I'll be like, you know, okay, so you're going to sit in this car. Guys are driving because it's 1954. Um, you know, like I'll, I'll say things like that because it, it loosens people up as opposed mm-hmm. to them thinking like, this is so scary and stuff. Like I want people to come in and have fun because they need to oh, be clients, in the moment. Yeah. Ava, clients never say anything controversial. In <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Over the line. <laughs> no, but I'll say I'll say things worse than that. I'm just not going to say them on this guy. It's the group the group explanation as the day goes along and you see things that people aren't doing right or that is just off. You add that to it so that it's like you know, yes, okay. Look, I'm going to show you right now all the mistakes that I've seen people make. <laughs> So that you guys can come in and make all new mistakes that I'll have to fix later on. <laughs> but at least you won't make those other ones. Yeah. And, but it is, I like making people laugh. I like people coming in and feeling the energy that I give. It's just, it's warm and it's inviting. And the four of us in here always do that. Anytime you guys are running a session, I know I'm in a safe place. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I take my job very seriously, so I don't need that safety to do a good job. But that having been said, it's great when you know that the person who is the session director holds you, uh, holds, holds your esteem and wants to make sure that you are well represented. And so you want everybody. That's why in the group explanation, I like to make people laugh because if you're laughing, you're listening. Yeah. And there is an ease that when you come in, it's like, yeah, relax. Yeah. Well, that we group this. explanation is where you set the tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're not running the lobby where you get to welcome people and really put them at ease by greeting them and making sure that they have what they need and all that, right. the group explanation is the first time you get to set the tone for how their experience is going to go. They can see your heart. They can see where you're coming from. And so uh, they, and they can see... Your leadership, you know, because one of the things that you are as a session director is that you're a leader. If you're not giving people clear direction, if you're not telling them where to stand, where to go, what to do, they're lost. Mm -hmm. They're swimming. And so it's really on us to make sure that they know exactly what they need to be doing at every moment of this thing. 
um, because we need to make sure we're giving the clients something that they are expecting to see, and we can't have deviation too far from what we established. Mm-hmm. And and all of us, because we're working performers as well, we know those session directors who we've been in their rooms, and they give really mm-hmm. aggressive or uncomfortable or attitudey or like the kinds of group direction that they give, and it's like, dude. Good luck getting good performances after having spoken to everybody like that. Speaking of which, I just a, a couple weeks ago, Sean came in for an audition that uh, that I was a session that I was running, that I was directing, and I was dealing with a kidney stone at the time, and I was hurting, and it was at the end of the day, and I was trying to be pleasant, but I want everybody to know, like, this job affects us the way yeah. we interact with our fellow actors it affects us so that at the end of the day I like I I texted Sean, like, Sean was I an asshole at the <laughs> end of the day like I was trying to be cool and nice but I was just kind of hurting but I hope everybody got it and knew that my intention was there so we really want the best we, we want every group to shine we want well, the only thing about that particular day was and we know that voice it's the end of the day voice <laughs> It's like, guys, <laughs> it's the, okay, so yeah. it's not that hard. It's, so you don't think too much. You know, it's a, it's yeah. that voice where it's like, whereas in the morning, you're like, oh, all right, great to see everybody, blah, blah, blah. And then later, it's just like, you know, your soul has been a little, yeah. the, the well, candle's a little dimmer. And I, the dimmer's and, a little bit. And it's, sometimes it's it's not like, I'm the same way. I Like, I love my job. Like, I, I truly, truly love running sessions. Um, I started sort of lobby assisting in Canada and I hated it. I was, I, I was like the biggest bitch. Um, and I realized that's how much I loved sessions because I was like able to do 14 hours, no problem. And I was like happy and, and pleasant. So when I'm running a session that I also have to go and like do the lobby and it's, it's dragging my day down and it makes me crabby. Like I try not to take that out on the actor, but I am human. And sometimes that happens. And I had a session recently where, um, I came in and it was like the client hadn't been happy. This was my first day on the job, but the client hadn't been happy. And now we were, um, had new notes and she hadn't scheduled for those new notes because she hadn't gotten them in time. The casting director hadn't. And I did not have nearly enough time to do what I needed to do with each of these groups. And I came to her early and said, this isn't working, but she wanted it. I didn't get my lunch. I'm just slamming through people as fast as I can. People, it was um, for underwear. So women were having to come in, do the scene, and then um, then get undressed, then do another thing, then get redressed. So it was just, everything was like slow, mm-hmm. slow, slow. I was getting so crabby and I could just feel my blood sugar and I was just getting snippy with people. And then this one actress who I know who's come in lots of times, she was like, she dug into her purse and she found a protein bar and she was like, here. And and blood sugar went back up. I was like a different person. And I just, I love her. Like the <laughs> next time that, but, but that was like this lovely moment of like human to human. She wasn't trying to butter me up. Okay, it did give her a better audition because I was happier. But, um, but it was a human to human thing. She's built that relationship with me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But it also just was like, sometimes that's all we need. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we're just low blood sugar, whatever. We have these other things happening where it's not scheduled properly. And, and we're not trying to be assholes but it, I mean, I it happens take, yeah i think a big takeaway for that because i know what you're saying i i call it um when you're in the trenches like in war like we have this look of war we just, <laughs> like, just got to get through this guys and gals you know we're not going down without a fight and it's because you're stressed with your schedule and all those things um and and so i, I know i think we've all been been through that and i think 
what the 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 actor can take away from that that's coming in is one don't take it personally mm-hmm. you know don't don't think you know don't think it that we're we're out to get you and then also listen and you know it's like i guess for some reason i'm thinking like don't over ask that's what can really drive me crazy if there's a lot going on and then all the over asking and it's just like it's so much to deal with that you don't really see going on it's like i prefer you know, um, for example, if you give a group explanation, someone's on their phone and they come in later and they ask you the same question you already oh. answered, right? That's being an over asking <laughs> me of like, I just explained that I have limited time, you know, that, that doesn't help me want to help you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. But I love when people come yeah. in and are just like, I call them my mini, like my two minute friendships with people and those get built over time and they're not. Like, I hate the word networking. I always say, just don't don't network. Build friendships. Yeah. Like, just really build friendships with Amen. people you genuinely like. And I find the actors that come in all the time for me, I've been building little friendships. And it's, like, not taking it personally. It's like, hey, you know what? I have a protein bar. You want it? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's taking that time to to see me as a human being. I see you as a human being. And, and yeah, and then you just, like... The next time that person comes in, you remember them more. Then you want to do more to help them. And it just, it, it starts to just become this thing of, I have people who come in my room now and it's like, we're not, they're not auditioning. It's just like hanging out with a friend. Hanging out with a friend, and we're like, "Cool, let's play. Let's see what we're gonna do today." And like, let's figure that's it out. That's how we wish it would be with everybody. I really. wish it was like that. Because mm-hmm. that's what one of the things I love about running session after having done it for a decade is just like seeing friends. It's like I get to see friends all day. They're gonna come mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. I don't have to go to them in Pasadena or wherever to Manhattan Beach. They're coming to me to mm-hmm. come and do art with me, and I'll get a chance to catch up with them a little bit and see how they're doing, and maybe help them book a job. Yeah. Or then that's that's super awesome. Um, okay, so let's let's talk about the next phase of things. So you've given the group explanation, you've taken leadership, you've put people at ease, they know what they're doing, they're out there rehearsing whatever they're doing, um, and now they're coming into the room and we've got, you know, essentially their slate, you know, we're, well, we've got the moment before they slate, which is when they're setting their stuff down, standing on the mark, we, you know, check them in on the computer, right? So, so many times has this happened to you where it's like, okay, what's your name? Like, hi, my name is, it's like, no, 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 it's not your slate yet. I just need to check you in on the computer, right? So you check them in, you take the, the their, their thumbnail, digital thumbnail, and then you do the slate. So you talked about hands earlier, about how at Christmas parties, we all talk about how nobody knows what to do with their hands. Yeah. Oh, real quick, real quick. Also before that, if you have an interesting spelling to your name, <gasps> yes. just offer that. Yes. Yeah, so because if it's a commercial edition and if they're using LA Casting or FastCast, I know it sounds simple, but I get crazy spellings and I'll try all these different things. And here's the thing, just doing that is like, Yes, thank you. It's just a yes. simple mm-hmm. time I, saver. Right? I was just thinking about. I was just yeah. thinking about that yeah. the other day, and yeah. I'm so glad you brought it up. Hundred percent. Oh yeah. Okay. But it was your comment. <laughs> That's right. We can, we, can, we can circle back around. Wait, what comment? He we, he said he he left, and he's like, "You guys keep talking about." But it was your comment. You were the one talking. Oh, oh, he was spelling the, uh, the name. Oh, yeah, the name. Yeah. If, you have a name like, if you have a name like Riley, and and it's okay, I, I type in and I can't find you. And no, it's R Y L I E G H H Y. And like, would have been nice to just right? throw a little of that out there because you know nobody else has that spelling. I just had a technical question for mm. you guys. So you go into these rooms, 
and each time is a different setup, or are they all the same setups? They're, all the rooms are are pretty much the same in, in terms of like one camera, the technology, the, technology, the, the, the lights. We usually have three lights. We usually have a backdrop. You know, you've got a blank space, but they're all different setups in terms of like what we have to do. So like one day we might be making a barista station. The next day we might be making a car. The next day it's just completely blank and someone's just walking through and talking. Yeah. But in terms of the, the software, there are two major uh, systems that are used in L.A., and one is called Casting Frontier, and the other one is Casting Networks. We call it LA Casting here in LA. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so one is Fast Cast, that is the LA Casting version, and the other one is Casting Frontier. And so you know, iSession. Uh, session. So you know, based upon what casting director with whom you're working, which system you're going to have. So those are the only two differences. Like you'll either be doing Fast Cast or iSession, and then you know from there. But Everything else is essentially the same. You'll yeah. walk into every studio and you just, you know, start off with the basics. Where's power? You know, <laughs> find power yeah. first and then you, you start building start up Start on from your there. computer. Yeah. And then sound checking and all that and making sure that the camera's white balanced and all those little things yeah. that, that, that you do. And I found because, like, I started in Canada and um, most of the session runners – um, we're not actors like here in LA almost all of us are but there there really weren't that many of them and so they were all like guys that were wanting to make films or um, really techie guys so I found that the, the studios there didn't actually have techs mm. you were expected to know and we're working on like the hard drives we're working on all this like sort of older equipment so when something didn't work right I was expected to know and when I first started which is I had just first started in Toronto it was it was terrifying. It was like what John was talking about earlier with like, no, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. You're just like, what do I do? And But it taught me a lot about figuring out how to source the problem and really understanding my equipment so that when I moved here, I felt spoiled because we had techs that we could run to every time. But it allowed me to really understand my equipment at a different level, which I appreciate. Important. Yeah, yeah, super important. So going off of what you said, John, so yeah, yeah. in addition to giving us a... a some help if you have a unique spelling to your name that will save us time looking you up in the system. Another thing that's just a real thing that I notice is that, and there's a, there's a book I read a long time ago. I think it was called Nudge. It might be why we buy. I'm confusing the two sometimes. But in it, it said how part of the reason why some stores have those like double sets of double doors uh, to like kind of is that people don't feel like they've really entered a space until they've really gone deep into a space. Mm -hmm. So they notice that stuff they would have by the door, people wouldn't buy because they wouldn't like just stop the first thing they came into the store and look at something on a display right there two feet in. Mm -hmm. They'd want to walk deep into the store and really feel like they're now shopping for stuff. So that's what people do with their belongings. When they come into our studios, like they wa they'll walk all the way to the far end of the studio and drop all their crap down next to me or something. And it's like, no, 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 yeah. I put a table by the front door yeah. just so you wouldn't have to waste another 30 seconds grabbing all your stuff. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you normally look for a spot by the door to put all your personal belongings down so that you don't have to then spend another 15, 20 seconds at the end just coming all the way back and you know getting all your stuff. Can I just go back to group directions for a second because this just reminded me of like, this is how you know right away people who know how to audition and people who are newer to auditioning is when you do a group explanation, you have everyone come in and then you walk into the room. The people that are standing facing the camera, you know 
have not been in that many group directions. Because it, when you come in, when you actors come in for a group direction, you should always stand like parallel with the camera so that you're facing the the scene because that's where us session runners are going to be and showing you what to do. And it's like always one of those things. It's like I it's immediately I know who has guys, done this before. Why don't you stand over there? Because you don't know what you're doing. You're doing. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and then the same thing with like bringing in your stuff. How often I like people come in and then they just like drop their purse on the set. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like that, it's just like the rookie moves that kind of like give you away. Oh, and here's my go-to line when I walk in and people are standing on the sta stage side as opposed to the camera side is like, uh, over on that side, everyone, unless you're going to show me, which would be very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I, <don't like> <laughs> I always say to those people who like come in, like one of them got the explanation, the other didn't. I was like, do you know what's going on? And they're like, oh no, it's fine. She gave me the explanation. No, like, no, no. If you trust her, <laughs> you, if you trust that, then fine we'll go with that it, also you might think well why you know all these little things little time savers well the thing is if we lose a minute a group we see so many more yeah. groups than like tv and film that's the big thing so yeah. we might see 100 groups in a day and if we lose a minute a group that's 100 minutes mm -hmm. and you know what that does then is it shrinks our time as far as we can spend with you yeah. it shrinks the time we can spend with other groups puts the pressure on us mm -hmm. so we don't have as much time to pull the best out of you and like so charles said 60 minutes we only get an hour we right can't go into so that's why i think these little things they do they do add up and that's mm -hmm. why they're they're important to us because we see them all the time and you maybe are like you know if you're auditioning whatever once twice a week or something you don't realize how, how much they yeah. add up but we see it all the time and 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 i get it because i've done a number of theatrical castings as well and they're great they're a different entity though you know the schedules, whereas we will see in a day, an average day, say a hundred people, and I think that I'm being, Easy. Uh, uh, that's that's a conservative estimate. We'll see a hundred people in a day, okay, uh, for commercials based on whatever the roles are throughout the course of that day. In a theatrical session, I may see fifteen to twenty, based on how many roles, whatever whatever it is that we're doing, mm -hmm. and so there's more time, mm -hmm. and you get in, and when when you acclimate to that in terms of coming in for a theatrical audition it is more about you i get to work with i get to work with sean or with average sean so hey man look this is what we're doing here mm -hmm. let's get into the space let's understand this we have a little time to talk or so that i can really get into who this character is because it's more about you bringing that character to life than you bringing the product to life i always say you are not the star of the commercial mm -hmm. but you are the star of the story uh, get into that later. That's just, but but anyway, theatrical auditions, you there is a little bit more of a feel of connectivity, a reciprocity in terms of I'm giving. Here's what we're doing for this art together, so that when you then take that to the commercial world, you're not going to be handheld to that degree because we just we don't have the minutes to give you. Mm -hmm. So, I want everybody to know, you guys, we love you. We want everybody to book the job, but you got to understand. The time you're taking to get in and cozy into the room is time you're taking from us to actually mm -hmm. get you where you need to be, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, and, mm -hmm. and again, that's, that's why like handshaking, for example, right? It's a perfect example. I talk about it in my book as well. Is like, like assume the love. We don't need to shake hands. Mm -hmm. I don't have the enough Purell to, to for every person's hands that come in, right? Mm -hmm. It's like that's not going to affect. Some of y'all motherfuckers is dirty. Just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's not going to make the take any better. Like it's we're already cool, so we don't need to do that. You yeah. know, like so so that 10, 15 seconds, and what's worse is what I call the cascading handshake effect, right? Which is oh, like then everyone does it, right? Because one person does it, like oh. 
well, I don't want to be the one asshole who didn't shake it, you know, the hand of the session director. So now everybody has to comment. I'm like, no, just go, just get, just leave. Because <laughs> those handshakes is like, you know, two, three seconds that is completely unnecessary to, to slow yeah. down per person. Okay, so we've had the, we, we've, we've had the pre-slate, right? We've checked you in, you put your stuff down. Um, now you're standing on the mark and you do your slate. Of course, people know to hold their hands in front of their face or they don't, or even if they do, they forget, it's right? okay. We know you're pretty. Yeah, we'll get to spend plenty of time with your face. Uh, and then, of course, the other parts of a slate that can be extended, whether it's questions we need to ask you, would be honest for the love of God, be honest, especially with things like do you have allergies or if you you know, or, or have a valid driver's license or things like that. Um, or skill sets. Mm -hmm. I, did a, I did a casting where we were casting surfers, mm -hmm. older, older men uh, who could surf, and put this one guy in, and he was delightful, and he was gregarious and good-looking, and he had everything, every requisite that he needed. Got to the callback. Can you surf? Yeah, absolutely great. Got to the shoot, and he could not He was like they needed somebody who could drop in every time and you know make this downturn and cut through the wave he couldn't do it he couldn't do it so they had to fire him and that kills the production yeah. it's a hundred thousand dollar plus a day budget and he just stopped it the when when last i checked in on what was going on they were taking legal action against him for having ruined their day mm -hmm. i don't know what happened after that but you guys it's legitimate if you cannot ride a horse don't tell us you need you can ride a horse. If you mm -hmm. cannot surf, do not tell us that you can because if you book it and you get called on it, legally you are going to be in trouble yeah. if you cannot do what you said you can do. And we wouldn't be asking in that specific audition if we didn't need you to need do you that. Need you to do that, so. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, so. Yeah, okay. so, so and then the other thing that a, a lot of actors trip up on is the personality question or just the interview question, right? Because sometimes that's all your audition is, is just that. So what do you have planned for the weekend or something, especially when they don't have like actual dialogue and they just want to mix and match faces and get to know people's personality. Mm -hmm. If you just give us like a one word answer or something, you drove all the way across town for <laughs> nothing. Now, we don't want you to be the person who's droning on and on and on and on forever as well. So there's a healthy balance of some around 30-ish seconds, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, 25, if you've done, 30, I think. You know what I mean? Where you've just told us a story. I say use as many specifics as possible because we always like like somebody who is from where we're from or who is into the same things that we're into or whatever. So the more specific you can, specific you can be instead of just saying like, uh, what do you have planned for the weekend? Well, I might go see a movie and then I'll just probably just like garden or something. Okay, great. But if somebody was like, oh, there's this awesome movie. It's like, you know, Pets 2, Secret Life of Pets 2. And I love the first one. And I like this particular actor's performance. And then, you know, I'm growing some tomatoes and I'm growing some zucchini and this or that. And I love strawberries. It's like, cool. I like strawberries too. If I was on set all day with you, we could talk about berries. Like, that's great. Like, just use specifics because it puts mm -hmm. us more into the world. I also find using specifics is great. And I don't come from it from that point of view, but it's it does the same thing because what I want to see is I want to see your eyes spark. Mm -hmm. Like if you're just like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm uh, going to go to the movies. But if you're like, oh, I'm going to the movies, I'm actually going to go see, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Secret Life of Pets. Like now you've become engaged in what you're talking mm -hmm. about and we just, your eyes start popping. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to see. And something that's interesting, like I always say, um, don't say that you hike or do yoga because it's LA or and everyone. 
Yeah, or an actor. <laughs> do not say um, Because in L.A., everyone hikes and does yoga. So it's yeah. like, you. I'm for sure you do something more interesting. I, <laughs> I believe it. And also, whatever you're talking about, if we say, like, what do you do for fun, make it something physical. So we can kind of... Because no one's going to shoot you reading a book. You know, Well, they, I guess they would. But not for long. You'd be, doing, you'd be reading a book, <laughs> and then you'd be going and doing something. You know, I always want to think of, like imagining you physically Use doing something yeah, yeah using your whole instrument mm -hmm. um those are my things that i always say i think you know there's um sometimes there's a, a stereotype of commercials that has to be real smiley oh. and stuff like that and and i think you know it depends kind of what works for you you know so some people are a little more serious some people are a little more smiley but i will say <laughs> this happened relatively recently where i was asking personality questions and i was like well, what is a surprise that someone's like done to you and the guy's answer he was in a group was um, when my wife divorced me. <laughs> and then, like, took all the air out of the room. So I'm not saying it was to be positive, but it was like, what? Uh, and then he was, like, from an email, I think. And we were all like... Oh, jeez. Yeah, and, and, and so, to me... And maybe... Sometimes you're on the spot, it just comes out. But that's a rough one for everyone to recover from because yeah. it's so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so not that you have to always be, I really don't believe you don't have to be positive all the time, but that was just kind of, I don't know, that was interesting. But I find that, that positive thing very interesting. And I actually had a student recently and she, um, she does great at game shows and she comes in with just like so much energy yeah. and just like huge smiles. And yeah. that's just naturally who she is. But what then happens is on camera, it looks really quite fake sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about that and it's about dialing it down, but it's not about shutting it off. And it's the same thing with people who aren't big smilers. Mm -hmm. It's just about knowing how to play your instrument and knowing mm -hmm. where the dial is. So it's like, I never want her to just cut it down because that's mm -hmm. not who she is. She has mm -hmm. to be genuine to who she is, but she also has to be able to know how to play that. And, you know, and for her, it became, I'm always at, naturally at 10. I need to go to a seven. And that worked for her. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's other people who, yeah, they like their energy is just like really like low and quiet. It's like, so, okay, what's, where does it look like on your dial? Like, mm -hmm. where do you have to turn that to still be truthful to you? But bring that positiveness, bring that like you on your best day. You know? Well, mm -hmm. also, we, ha we live in an amazing age where you can do your homework on the product that you're going into. And moreover, I think you should. If you're going to go in for a Coors Light audition, then it takes five minutes. Mm -hmm. Go see what the last couple Coors Light commercials look like so that you kind of understand. So that even if it is a, an, a personality interview, yeah, we're just going to get to know you guys, you, you guys for a second. Okay. I know that this is a beer commercial, so I should probably be a little bit more upbeat mm -hmm. as opposed to it being a laxative commercial. And, you know, I could, I, could, I could probably maybe tone it down a little bit. You understand the product. Understand if I'm coming in for Rolaids or Acid, you know, it might be nice to have a funny little oopsie story that, I don't know, there's, there's you can... You can do your homework so you're not coming in flying blind. Well, think about Corona ads. I mean, Corona ads are a great example. They're always on the beach. It's always mm -hmm. super chill. I'm yeah. just saying, like, you already you know what the vibe is. Yeah. Exactly. Right? So, so what, do you, good, what are you doing this weekend? Example. I'm going to try yeah. parasailing. Mm -hmm. Never done it. I'm really excited. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Interesting. Oh, he's out there. I'm yeah, just. Yeah. Whereas, like, Geico, Geico right now is, like, super dry. So it's just like, you know, having that kind of energy. You're not going to want to come in and be all like slapsticky because that's not the right energy for and their spots. It behooves, it behooves us as actors because we will do that research for our theatrical roles. We will take the time to put that together there. 
So just take the time so that when you come in, you don't get surprised by, oh, it was just a, a personality interview. No, not just. Mm -mm. That was your audition. Now you're going to get paid a lot of money to show up on set because you did a little homework. You understood what the what the product is yeah. and kind of how to embody that. So yeah. it's starting to dawn on me that we're we're probably going to need another session of this to finish the callback and the edit. You know, oh, we're not even there yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're yeah. not through our the first call yet. Right, um, we're not even past lunch. Have you done a part <laughs> one and part two? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think this will have to be the first one because this there's there's like so Star much Wars great right stuff here. coming out, you guys. There's exactly. so much great stuff coming out that people don't get a chance to hear that we don't get to compare notes with each other. Because yeah. right now, I'm just saying, okay, we've we've done the slate. Uh -huh. yeah. Right. And, and even like when we have you do turns, when we have you show us body parts, things like that, like, you know, you can't change your body at that moment. So don't apologize for your body. Just, you know, you know, go, do it, it with a great attitude. And those like when you put up your hands and then you're already apologizing for the hangnail or for the chip nail polish yeah. or the like manicure that you didn't get. And just like, dude, unless you're missing a digit. That's really what it's about. Because, yeah. you know, working on a, part a particular, for a particular company's product, uh, you know, commercials, somebody ended up getting cast who was missing a digit. And from that point forward, the entire, every time we did a job for that company, they're always getting a shot of the hands just to make sure we've visually seen all of your digits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving beyond the slate, is there anything else you always want to say about the slate? I just want to say about the digit thing. Sometimes it doesn't always take you out of the running. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just so they know they need to hire someone. Yeah, same thing yeah. with tattoos. Close up on the phone. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. just don't, you know. We want to see your tattoos, it. not because it'll put you out, but yeah. just so we're not surprised. Yeah. It's all about not surprising yeah. the client. Oh, yeah. here, yeah. Here's something on the slate. Are you willing to shave? Just say yes or no. And it's all right to say no. It's just we need to ask so that when the client sees it, if they don't like it, they know that, oh yeah, they have to keep it for a roll or whatever. I always say, if you're really attached to your beard or whatnot, say, it's negotiable. It's negotiable, we can work that out. Let my performance win the day and then we can see from there. But don't start putting in little jokes or funny things. And ladies, thank you. if you're, you're slated next to a guy and we ask the guy, are you willing to shave? And he says, yes. And the lady then comes in to try to be witty and say, me too. I'm also willing to I'm shave. I'm also willing to shave. Yeah, don't. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> I'm so glad you just said yeah, that. <laughs> because number the first thing we think of, where are you willing to shave? And why and would it need to be manicured right now? And it's not funny. It's a joke we've heard a, a zillion times. times. Like you think you're the first one to come up with it and you are not. <laughs> you're not even the first one that day. Yeah. So just don't. Just don't. Ladies, just don't. We're not asking you. Are you no. willing to shave? We're not asking you. And that. I do have a casting director that will, if she's in the room, she will stop and make you redo the take, uh, redo the slate. I mean, uh, if you're a woman who says that because it annoys her so much. Oh, that so, is funny. Yeah. So please don't. The only unique one that I heard recently is I asked a guy, this big full beard, like, you willing to shave? I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I thought that was funny. <laughs> one, one thing now, I want to know your opinion on it, um, is I was just having this discussion recently with someone. There's this actor, we'll keep it gender neutral, um, that comes in for me, and I've noticed now a few times, always slates the exact same way, always brings their hand up, and it's like, it, I, I can literally, no one can see me, but, um, but it's like, hi, I'm puts their hand up, waves, says their name, and then kind of like leans back with a smile. And it's so clear when you're editing it or you're seeing it again and again. I'm like, that's so 
prescribed like every single time. And to me, I don't like it because it makes me feel like you're being disingenuous because it's obviously something that you've like decided to do. But every time this person has come in for a callback, the clients love them. And so I'm like, then I was like, well, maybe they're onto something. <laughs> so what is your thoughts on that kind of stuff? Be genuine. If, if that's a genuine extension of your personality and you are a rehearsed sort of person, do it. Like, like John was saying, you don't have to be, you don't have to be overly gregarious and positive all the time. Negativity never sells product. So never be in a, in a hateful mood. But that having been said, I always, I always tell my students, be you. Like for me, I'm like, I book cops, lawyers, firefighters. That's kind of what I do. So I know I have that energy coming in. So I'm not going to try to be slapsticky and silly, even though I think that I have a dazzling sense of humor, but I'm not going to come in trying to wow you with that because I know that's not how I read. But do you think so it's... So I would change, yeah. I would change. He says be genuine. I would say if it works, that would be my answer, right? If yeah. it works. Uh, and the reason I bring that up is I always think I was a reader, um, and uh, uh, shout out to this actor, Hans, who would bring in a scene where he did like a bunch of different accents. He was great with accents because you could bring in your own scene. I was a reader at a, a casting workshop. And every casting director was wowed by it because he could do great accents. Mm. I had seen the scene like 50 times. But every time he came in, they were impressed because it was a really great scene and it showcased his skills. Yeah. And it worked. So, and it worked. Yeah. So my, my thing, uh, and I thought that was really smart on his part. Um, and I think it was a scene he had written for himself almost just to showcase that. So I think if it works, yeah. to me that, that way, I mean, I agree with the genuineness, but I just think especially with, it's so difficult what we're doing, if something's working, Well, and great. I think maybe that's part of it is too, is that like as the session runners, we see these people again and again and again. So we get to see what is sort of quote unquote fake and yeah. you know, what is really happening in the moment. They don't get to see that. So that's very interesting. I yeah. think, yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's a great point, if it works. I think that if you come from a genuine place, you're gonna find what works. Love that. Yeah. yeah. I love that. They yeah. just got that's, married. That's, Genuine and works. Well, just got that? married. <laughs> just, well, do we count it? Do we need to foley that, uh, that, that, that five? Can we, can we get that post? Well, you, you three just said what I was going to say is like, you know, if, if I had the kind of personality where I wanted to do something like that, then I should do that. And then if it's memorable or whatever, fine. But I wouldn't like change who I am to be like that, just to try to be sh schlocky and stand out or something like that, you know, like. I'm just genuine when I do my thing, but other people have their little shtick, and it's like, well, you know that that's what their brand is. That's what they're trying to put out there. Mm -hmm. Although yeah. I, I did have a, a guy who came in once for a callback, and we had to reuse him a number of times, and so I had to keep reslating him, mm -hmm. and he had a beard. And each time, I would say, willing to shave, and he'd stroke his beard and go, mm, okay. And he'd done it five times in a row where I was like, okay, let's do something different here. Because I think it actually did end up taking him out of the running because they got bored. Yeah. They thought it was funny the first yes. time. So once, so, you've, yeah. once you've communicated who you are, maybe just, just... let that be. <laughs> uh, okay, so moving into the takes here. Okay, so you've done your, so we've done the slate. Now we've got that little bit of time before you do the first take with, with someone. Now, this is just my own personal opinion and how I run my room but there may be a diversity of opinion on this. I find that actors are incredibly disempowered in that section of time between the slate and when they start their first take in terms of taking whatever time that they need or doing whatever they need to do to make sure that when we start rolling that they, they can really do a great job. So they, they, it's almost like there's an unwritten rule where you can't speak or you can't be vocal with your, 
you know, pregame where, you know, they, they don't look over the board and make sure they see where everything is at in case they need it. You know, most of the times, and I've been saying this almost since the very first session I've ever run, is after the slate is over, I will say, take your time and let me know when you're ready. Because I would rather you take 5, 10, 15 seconds to make sure that we have a really great first take than to use the first take as a rival, which it is for so many actors where they're like, just do one to get it out of their system, to mm -hmm. say the words out loud for the first time. And then it's almost always the second take that's going to be better because they've gotten one out of their system. But that also wastes a lot of our time, every single group, because we know that we're going to need to get you know, that first takeout just to have somebody arrive and then we're going to give them adjustments, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever said this, let's just do one and then we'll adjust from there or something, you know? Yeah, I say that so, time. but it, it would be nice if you didn't have to <laughs> sacrifice the first minute, you know, to the, to the gods of unpreparation or something. So I like an actor to, to use their voice, activate their instrument. Now they shouldn't take 30 seconds or a minute. You should be using the time outside the room to like, get your body prepped. But if you just need five or 10 seconds to, you know, personalize the camera, look over the boards, you know, ask any questions or make sure your pronunciation of something like, you know, xylitol or whatever it is, you know. I do find actually that I, I don't find that to be much of an issue. Like I find the, the people who audition regularly usually take that time. And I always look at, you know, let's do one and then I'll redirect as more of I need to see where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. So I need to see where your baseline is before I start giving you those thousands of, of notes that you might not need. Mm -hmm. I find the newer people, yeah, the people that are maybe not quite as experienced, they may feel that pressure mm -hmm. to rush. But I, I don't know. One I, of the things I, I like to do to help with that, especially if they're newer or just whatnot, or even if it's a, if it's a amalgam, a mix of a, a, a seasoned veteran and a couple newbies is, hey, you know what, you guys, look, let's just do this. Let's roll on this rehearsal, see if we catch lightning in a bottle. And if we do, great. I'm always going to roll. Because you could hit it and boom, and we got it, and then we can move on. But just by saying that, let's just rehearse this one. Let's just get it up. I'm just going to roll on it, see what we got. Every those those newer people, all of a sudden, they feel a little bit more relaxed. Like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. I can just be myself and just do this. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, hey, you guys. Sometimes I won't even tell them I'm rolling. Really? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're not in their head about it. They're yeah. like, oh, this is just practice. They're like sneaky, yeah. like sports <laughs> I had that with these, these callbacks we did just um, like on Thursday because they, they were doing these really creative handshakes together mm -hmm. that they'd been practicing outside. And then when the director was like, can you slow it down, like do it and just sort of like marking it. And they would like practice it once to just like show, yeah, okay, yeah. And then we go here, okay, okay great. And it would be perfect. And then, and action. And just like the whole thing just like fall apart. <laughs> so I did. I just like turned my sound off and then would just like record the, the, the rehearsals. Yeah, rehearsals. <laughs> I was like, it's always better. Yeah. Um, okay, so the actor has done, and we've only got a couple more minutes here. So I think we should do a part two of this. I think this is so great. Sure. Um, and, uh, and there's so much to come out of like even mm -hmm. just talking. So let's, let's talk about, the first take and after the first take, the first take has taken place and now it's time to redirect or something, right? So, you know, for me, I, I tend to laugh after every take just to put them at ease and make them feel like I am on their side and I enjoyed what they did and something like that. Um, and sometimes it'll be like, what, what, why are you yeah. laughing? And I'm like, no, dude, I'm having fun. Like this is, it's fine. Um, I just but, slowly shake my head like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I just sigh. I went to school for business. Do you cut people off in the yep. middle of a take? Because I know some people who will let just the take entirely play out and waste all of that time 
Whereas if I see something's not working, you know what? Let's stop. Let's let's start again. Like try this, do that. Don't, uh -huh. don't forget to do that. Blah blah blah. Like I like to just like let's. Depends. You know what I mean? I don't need. To... I will cut people off, but I really try to intuit with the actor. So if I do that once, and all of a sudden I see them kind of wilt like a flower, I'm mm. like, oh, I I don't want to do that again because mm. this actor, mm -hmm. or more sometimes sometimes more experienced, I do that, and they're like, oh, great, thank you, because I was going down this path. Mm. So. Also depends um, sometimes how much time I'm feeling. So like first half of the day, a lot of times I'll just let it go, mm -hmm. and the second half of the day I'm like, I know that's that's going to take you in a weird direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'll kind of jump in, but I'm hoping it doesn't throw the actor off of like, ugh, like yeah. what I do wrong. It's like no, no, no. Let me just help re course correct. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's you also know? like if it's their first take, I'll usually let them do it because I want them to get it out of their body mm -hmm. like once anyway. I don't mm -hmm. want them to have to stop that that creative process in the middle. But if they've done a couple or whatever, and it's just like. Yeah, what change will you typically give people? Well, I was going to say, what's interesting, what's changed, I mean, now it's been a little bit, but is now we can do more takes and we can move them around. Mm -hmm. So that's an advantage and a disadvantage, I guess. But that used to not be an option. So like that first take was like kind of what was there. So, I mean, typically it's two. Typically it's two. If I mean, we, that's almost always what it is. Yeah, two, if we but, need to I mean, like... Depends. I find if we need to show the clients two, if we need to keep two, then typically we'll do three. So we can lose the, the one that's not as good. Um, if we only need to keep one, then we'll do two. Like, but here's something I would just say real always. quick is I, I firmly believe, and I'd be interested to hear a bunch of um, commercial casting directors, commercial directors, and if they're honest, I don't think they always watch the second take. So I think that first take is really important because people are so busy now. Yeah. I really think we do the work, we put it out there. I just don't think all of them do. They're just, I think they're really busy. That's a little mm -hmm. bit more of a theory, but I just tell actors, it's like, if you're trying to save it for the second one, no. you know, well, that's I like why that, Sean, be prepared for the first, because mm -hmm. sometimes I don't think they even watch the second. I mean, I always try and put the best one first, obviously. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, sometimes they don't even watch the takes. Mm -hmm. They'll watch right. the slate. They'll watch the slate and decide and based on That's the worst the thing in, in voiceover work or voice actors. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I tell the actors to do their slate at the end of their take and mm -hmm. paste it onto the beginning because it should be in the feel and the sound of that The timber voice. of the voice, oh, right. It should be that. in that character, because when you're listening to voiceover or, 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 or voice work for video game, you have hundreds, sometimes thousands to listen to, mm -hmm. and you hit play and you hear the wrong voice, you move right on to the next one, but sometimes people slate a certain way and then mm -hmm. go into and their go take. Into their mm. And so slating at the end in, in just uh, audio. That's great. After because, having done the because work, Because they're right yeah. in that character and their tone is right and the, and the, the yeah. pacing mm. and the feel and the right smile on there, and it just, it just is very smooth and then you move that to the beginning. That's so good. I also have the experience that sometimes people never listen past the slate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I had one where we had to do uh, like a pre, we had to do a little bit of a session um, before the callbacks were gonna start. And that's where I kind of learned that because the director got there and then she needed to know who from that session to bring back in at the mm -hmm. end of the day of callbacks. And so she just stood over my shoulder and just we like went through and slate, 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 no, no. And then that slate, she was like, okay, now, now I wanna watch yeah. theirs. Okay, they'll come in. Slate, slate. Watch theirs. Watch. No, they're not coming. Like so, it was like so fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So also, it really is uh, dependent upon the amount of time that you have. Like if we're slammed, I just don't have the time mm -hmm. as much as, and that's why going back to the group explanation, it's so critical that we're very precise with that, so that when you come in, it's like you guys. And I'll be honest, I'm up against it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you guys two takes, maybe. Maybe I could squeeze out three, but only if your first couple are sharp and I see something. Mm -hmm. But if not, this is it. So we, we've got to be on because if we, again, you have an hour. And moreover, we just, you, you, you've got to get people in and out. So I would love to give them four or five takes, you know, to really. And if we have the time, 
yeah, and yeah, you yeah. see that, yeah, yeah there's something yeah. there. Yeah, great, absolutely. I love it. I love directing actors and playing an act, but a lot of times we don't have that. We don't have that luxury. You know, we want you to succeed. We'll keep your best takes. We do more takes than we need just to make sure we can choose the best ones and we can rearrange the order in which they're presented. So to John's point, you know, your your best take is front loaded so that they'll see the best of what you did. Mm -hmm. We're on your side in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. remember, we we're the ones seeing your work yeah. and critiquing it. And then the casting directors are pretty much coming to us. How did he do? How did she do? Because outside of the first group or two, they just don't have the time to sit yeah. and watch and critique your work. Mm -hmm. And then so, even yeah. then, if they do, they're watching the takes that we kept. Because mm -hmm. I've had that happen where I've been like, you know, oh, who was not great? And I'd be like, mm, this person wasn't good. You know, it wasn't great. Maybe you should watch it. And then we watch it back and I'm watching with them. And I'm like, oh, actually, from just the footage that I kept, they weren't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, okay, never mind. But so like they don't, they don't get the hands-on mm -hmm. that we do with these actors, right. for sure. Because there's even a simple editing tool in there. So sometimes, like, I'll take off, like, if an actor, like, looks right at the camera or at me, I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't, you know, we didn't stop yet. But I can just clip that off, you know. Right, so you can trim individual so I'll, you know, I'll do simple edits, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And and we're make more, look good. yeah, and we're more apt to do that if you come in with a professional, nice yeah. working attitude and you're a good person. We want the best for you, mm -hmm. you know. So presents and bribes, those sorts of things, I think, is the takeaway. You can bring yeah. those in. I'm a big fan of money. I have a daughter about to go to college. I don't have a problem with that. Bribes not illegal in our business. But, yeah, not at all. But I will say, though, I, I do genuinely appreciate when they send a letter, like a little like note a little specifically yeah. to me, because that did take some, like, effort, and it makes me feel good, and I don't get them very often. Well, okay, so, so you know, kind of as a parting piece of advice then one of the things i share with all of the people that i teach or whenever i speak is that if you've gone to a commercial audition and you can't tell me who ran your session and who ran your lobby you know unless they were so busy that it would have been you know inappropriate to bog them down by asking them or something mm -hmm. but how hard is it just to say hey what was your name or like you know what was the lobby assistant's name with with 100 people in the country and maybe 50 60 of us that run sessions as much as you know you guys certainly do. In the last like year and a half of me being involved in union leadership, I've really cut back running sessions where I almost never run sessions right now just because I can only run sessions for union stuff. Um, and so, you know, otherwise we can do a mix of union and non-union and that kind of thing. But um, I've really cut back on that. Um, so I'm not doing it at like five, six days a week like I used to do it. Um, but you should know who ran your session. It's not that many people to get to know. No. And you build that two-minute friendship like you said, Ava. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we got your back when you come in the room. Mm -hmm. Although I find people don't even necessarily know the casting director. Because <laughs> I'll, like, friends will be like, hey, I got an audition, a commercial audition. I'm like, great, who was the casting director? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. It was it was in Santa Monica somewhere. I'm like, Ocean Park? Yeah, I don't know, is that 27? They don't even like, know when they walk in the door. <gasps> I'm here for the audition. Well, there, there are cool. six studios. <laughs> what are you here for? The, the audition for My the agent commercial? My just go away. My yeah. agent just told me to come here. Yeah. It's like, well, then can I tell you to go back? Right <laughs> <Yeah. now?" laughs> oh, for reals, the one so I had. For listening to people. The, the bra commercial that I just did where they had to get undressed, legit the girl was like, um, I didn't wear a bra. Is that going to be a problem? I was like, yeah, it's a bra commercial. <laughs> She's like, well, my agent didn't tell me to. I was like, your agent shouldn't have to tell you to wear a bra <laughs> to a bra commercial. 
Come on. That's awesome. And scene. All right, so we'll pick this up in part two for yes. everybody listening. I have a quick question oh. for the actors in the room, not the session directors. Oh, okay. Have, you, have any of you found yourself session director on a commercial that you thought, this is perfect for me? Yeah. You weren't called in. Have you ever put yourself in for it, for your own, as a session director? Most casting, is, that a, is that a huge no? Most casting well, directors will be fine with you putting yourself on yeah. um, if, if it's appropriate for you. You know? Yeah, yeah, we do it all the time. But know, know your range. Like, I'm not a young 30-something coquettish debutante, so I'm not going to... Well, thank you. So. <laughs> um, but if you know, like, yeah, this is this is in my lane, I always say, hey, listen, uh, at the end of the day, can I throw myself on here? Yeah, yeah sure, by all means. And mm -hmm. we'll throw each other on, too. Mm -hmm. Like, if, if we... I've gotten... I've booked jobs numerous times because I've just happened to have been at the studio. Mm -hmm. And someone have been like, oh, come in for this. Sometimes because they think I'm right for it, or sometimes just they need another person to read with mm -hmm. someone else. So, mm -hmm. absolutely. We do it all the time. Interesting. I have a question for you. Would you lose the beard? <laughs> okay. I'm willing to shave. Oh, boy. There all right. Thank you, guys. We'll pick this up on thank the next one. <laughs>